1: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Joining us now, Jay Hill, head coach of Weber State, coming off that dramatic... When uh coach you mentioned that was one of the best games you've ever seen um and i gotta imagine what are the emotions like when when you see that ball hanging in the air for what felt like forever before it finally dropped and you guys were able to complete that pass well you just hope and pray that
0: the practice and things that you've executed many times in practice pays off and obviously it did there uh randall threw a perfect ball and justin went up and got it 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 uh was a great ending to a really kind of crazy game.
1: Well, Coach, you made a big decision in this game to go with Randall Johnson. Talk about that decision and how it played out. Obviously played out with a big pass there at the end, but I I guess I didn't see this coming. What, What went into that decision?
0: Well, Bronson had broken his hand in the game before, and so he couldn't play in that game, and... You know, sometimes with injuries, you just wait and see and hope that they get better or the cast, that, that the doctor allows them to play with the cast or whatever they allow them to do, but he wasn't able to play. And Randall's been our backup and was battling Bronson for a long time to be the starter and came in and had some really, really good drives and did some great things and obviously made the big play at the end of the game to win it. But uh, any time against a good opponent, you can win with your backup quarterback with as many starters as we are missing. You take it, you run, and you'd you be grateful for what happened.
2: Let's uh, – I mean, you say you practice it. Uh, and are you able to spend a lot of time in practice on stuff like that? Uh, I, I just kind of take us through how often you're able to address those types of situations. And I, I, I gotta imagine, uh, you know, when you get into that, you're like, please, please bless – you know, please hope that these guys <laughs> know what they're doing here in this kind of situation.
0: So we practice it always once during camp. When you install it, and you probably do it a couple times that day, and then we do it every Friday right now as a walkthrough type look. Uh, some teams will do it on Thursdays, like the last play of the Thursday practice or something. But it's something that here at Weaver State that we do at least once every week, at
1: least. Hmm. Um, so, Coach, I, I there was so, outside of that play, there were some really fun things to come out of this this game, and I was looking at a little bit of film yesterday and I saw this hook and ladder to Noah Tagi. <laughs> <And laughs> I want to know where the hook and ladder with an offensive of lineman came from. I want to know who invented it. I want to know who deserves this credit because they are brilliant.
0: Well, you know what? I've, uh, I'll be honest. I've not seen it before. Our offense ran it against us in practice. One day, um, was the first time that I had seen it. And, I get. To give, I got to give all credit to our offensive staff. Those guys did a great job designing it. It worked perfectly. They did a good, good job of calling it at the right time. And uh, I think that thing's up to like half a million views or something now. So yeah, that's crazy.
2: <laughs> you know, the other thing too is you've got a lot of other coaches and uh, a lot of people, you know, in the in the coaching world and in the football world that are looking at it. Like, why aren't people doing this more often? Too that's got to be fun when you see peers and because uh, you know it only takes. Somebody to do something once, and then it catches like fire across the rest of the sports world.
0: Yeah, you'll probably see it two or three other times posted this next week or in the next two weeks with uh, the other FCS schools. So somebody else is going to try it this week, I promise you.
1: Well, Coach, nobody's going to see it coming in the first play next week. No, Nobody would expect <laughs> it. <laughs> we should fill the
2: play and see how far Noah can run there you go (laughs) although Hans brought up a really good point on Twitter he's like those wide receivers need to know that hey these guys have been blocking all all game long for you it's time for you to step up your blocking game a little bit
1: get the pitch and turn and go man block
0: absolutely absolutely that's something that was always a big deal with Urban Meyer and Coach Witt the staffs I've been a part of if if you're not a wide receiver that goes out there and blocks for your teammates then we don't throw you the ball so you got to be well rounded
1: hey coach i've always wondered like in in a game like you had against northern arizona where you've got a a new quarterback and maybe you're trying to limit passing situations as much as you can and you've got this big stud in josh davis that can run the ball What, what what is the fine line of really running your horses or you know really pushing your stars with the runs and the carries is is that a a fine line to walk knowing how much to give it to him uh how much to push him or or do you just say hey he's what we got and that's what we're going to do
0: well I think it's both you got to be smart with those horses and uh, you don't want to wear them out and running backs I mean you got to try to keep those guys healthy but at the same time Like, we've we've found that Josh Davis is most effective when he's around that 18 to 22 carry range. And if we get him in that range, we rarely lose. And so that's always our goal. We're going to try to get him 18 to 22. I think he had 16 carries for 146 yards in that game. So he's close to that production um, that we wanted him at.
2: Outside of you know, obviously throwing the hail mary was uh, beautiful, and, it, and it's hard to throw that ball any better than that. But overall, give us your uh, give us your thoughts on how your backup quarterback handled that situation uh, from the from an entire game standpoint.
0: Well, he came in and uh, the first drive we went right down the field, scored a touchdown, threw a long ball to Rashid Chihi for the opening touchdown. I thought he did a good job of running the ball in that game. I think he had ninety yards rushing. Um, so there were so many things he did do good, and I expect him to only get better with his reads and uh, some of the throws that he had in that game. Um, we need him to play well. We need those backups to do just what they did in that game. If your number's called, you've got to find a way to come in and play well enough to, to get us the victory, and Randall did that.
1: You mentioned his yardage. He had 19 carries in that game as well. Coach, uh, 19 times he he tucked it and ran out of the 19. How many of those were uh, developed play calls where where you're trying to get the quarterback to run as compared to maybe an option look or a scramble?
0: Well, most of them were coming out of the read option game or some kind of like the the power read game. Uh, Now, a lot of them were pretty much, hey, this is the look you're going to get and you're probably going to pull it type things. Um, Scrambles, he probably had, you know, Okay. scrambles in that game. The rest of them were
2: in the read zone, read option game. Uh, overall, though, uh, that you know, when your hopes are for a national championship and the deep run in the playoffs and you got scared by Northern Arizona, do you get the sense that this team has a, a even stronger sense of diligence knowing, hey, look, we can't let ourselves get in that kind of a situation again going down the stretch here in the uh, final three games of the year?
0: Well, you would sure hope
2: so. Uh what, what
0: that showed me was uh, just dedication, devotion, belief that if they just keep playing, that good things will happen. Uh, you hope it scared them a little bit that, you know, we can't let teams hang around with us. The, the frustrating part, for those that weren't at the game or didn't see it, uh, statistics don't tell the story of that game at all. I mean, there was five times in that game where we had a chance to, just to end it. Game was over. It was ours. We fumble on two of the, you know, later drives in the game. Uh, The series that they run down and score their last touchdown, we fumble on, I think, the five-yard line going in after we just made a nine-minute drive, and you score right there, and the game was over. And there were so many times in that game where we had an opportunity just to put it away, and we didn't. And we let them hang around, and before you know it, you're losing by one with 17 seconds left, and that's not obviously the place where we want to be very often. I, I hope that the players learned that lesson that you just you can't play with fire too often, or eventually it does get you burnt.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this and, and watching parts of that UC Davis game, and then watching parts of this Northern Arizona game, but maybe more UC Davis than Northern Arizona. You are seeing some of the better talent in the country. Um, And I've got to imagine that your guys are feeling very tested in these games, Coach.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the, one thing is Northern Arizona every year is going to be one of the more talented teams we play. Um, that doesn't mean they win the most games or anything like that or have, uh, but they're always one of the very most talented teams, and not just in our league but in the country. Um, they've had FBS victories in the last couple of years. Last year they had a first-team All-American quarterback, uh, and he is a talented team. And then this year, I, I said it on our pregame show or our, our uh, radio interview last uh, Thursday, I think it was, that I mean they were playing with two of the best wide receivers in the, in the league. And so it, it's just one of those leagues where you can't overlook anybody. Um, and anybody's talented in this league, they're talented enough to get you. You better come every week ready to play. And then the other thing, don't take for granted a win because they're so hard to come by in college football. We'll take them however we get them, however they come, because uh, there's a lot of weeks in college football, and you see it right now in the NCAA tournament, where the better team loses. And so you don't take that stuff for granted. It's too hard to win in college sports.
2: You got Southern Utah coming up this weekend, and, uh, you know, you look at their schedule or their record, and it may not be what they want, but they lose to that Northern Arizona team by one. They lose to Idaho State by two. Uh, they lose to uh, Idaho last week by one. They do have a win against Cal Poly. So they're really competitive, just haven't been able to win some of these closer games. What do you see out of this team when you look at them on film?
0: Well, first off, the three losses were on the – not not just by – small margins, but the last play of each one of those three games. They lost on the last play of those games. So, you know, if you just look at the ball bouncing their way, they could easily be sitting here at 4-0. This is a talented team. I think Coach Warren's done a good job of, um, you know, improving the talent down there. They're playing hard. They're playing discipline. The quarterback's playing lights out right now. He leads the league right now in pass efficiency offense, and he's throwing for a lot of yards. So they're doing a lot of great things there. And then their front on the, their defensive front is getting a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They've got a lot of sacks right now and, and forcing a lot of uh, negative plays out of the opposing offenses.
1: So we've got our work cut out for us. This is
0: a much better team than the record shows.
1: And everybody can assume that Randall Johnson will be your starter going into that game?
0: Yeah, we expect Randall to do great things. Now we hope Bronson gets back. Um, you ne- you never know what the doctors are going to say, but uh, Bronson's got a chance to get back for sure sooner than later. Um, but right, right now um, we got to think it's Randall until the doctors give us clearance on the other.
1: Coach, I I, I want to just kind of back up and address one thing really quick because I know just as a as a broadcaster and a guy that watches a lot of football. It, and I know that you addressed it moments ago, but watching those fumbles in, in, in red zones and in closing minutes, how do you address that with guys? How do you address that with, with your team in general, the guys that are putting it on the ground? And how do you ensure that that doesn't happen come this weekend against Southern Utah?
0: Well, I remember um, Kalani, when we were coaches together at Utah, Kalani said that he went in as a freshman and fumbled, and ran off the sideline, was embarrassed, <laughs> heartbroken. And Lavelle Edwards put his arm around Kalani and said, all right, you made a mistake, get your butt back in there and go make a play. And you put him right back in the next play. And I think that that's what you have to do with these young players. Is they're instinctive. They know what it looks like. They know how it feels. They made a mistake. you got to put them back in there. Otherwise, you got a chance of destroying their confidence. Now, if they start becoming a repetitive fumbler – then we can't play those guys because they'll cost you. But, I mean, we none of us ever played this game without a mistake. So that's just one of the mistakes that a running back can make. Um, so we'll get those guys right back in there. And they played they play great. I mean, Daniel Wright and, and Dante McMillan, the two guys that fumbled in that game, have played great football for us to this point, so we got to
2: get them rolling again. Coach, when you said no player plays without making a mistake, hands over here was like, eh, I don't know. Oh idea. no, <laughs> uh, never made a mistake. <laughs> I almost said, "Speak for yourself."
1: No, I, I I've, I've, I've made a few. I, I do want it to be known that I have as many touchdowns for BYU as Kalani Satake. So, oh, geez, what, Man. yeah, yeah, we both have one. <laughs> that's, you know, that, the, the, that's a heck of a stat. The best part about Kalani was Kalani would do the bulk of the work b- between the fives. Yeah. And then when we'd get to the fives, Kalani would come off and somebody else would get to score the touchdown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what, that's kind of been the deal with Josh Davis. And um, he's been such a big runner and he breaks so many big runs that after after those 60-yard runs he keeps getting. And then all of a sudden we, <laughs> we put in the backup for one one play as he catches his breath, and then we we score touchdowns score. on those plays. So. Oh, that's funny. Josh is like, you got to call timeouts,
2: and then let me <laughs> in so I get the
1: touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's understandable. I could see why he'd want it, Coach. Yeah. Well,
2: hey, well, good luck against Southern Utah. Looking forward to catching up again next week. Keep it rolling, and uh, good luck on Saturday.
1: Good luck, Coach.
0: Thank- thanks, guys. Bye. You got
2: it, Jay Hill, head coach at Weaver State.